0: Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books, and we know you do too. In today's show, CBI book doctor Anne's clinic is open. She prescribes the very best reading recommendations for our listeners. We've got reviews, stories, an interview with a real-life witch and more. Well, almost a real-life witch. Holly Rivers is the author of the fantastic Demelza and the Spectre Detectors, and she Also, happened to play Drusilla Paddock in the original TV series of The Worst Witch and I know that's a series that a lot of you enjoy reading and it's definitely one of my favourites. She chats to us about what it's like to become an author for the first time and what it's really like inside Miss Cackle's Academy for Witches. But first let's chat to some of you guys and find out who are your favourite characters from a book. Hard Henry. Because it's just good to read if you're
1: not in the mood of doing anything like that
2: Harry Potter
1: because like just the movies and the books are so like entertaining and, and like everything about it is just so cool thanks to Granny because I like when the Granny steals stuff <laughs> Harry Potter I like the very Battles Lord Voldemort There's the Menace because he's a real menace character and he has an enemy called Walter and he always gets revenge on him Feta from The Good Thieves because she's uh, um, irresponsible and she's always naive and wants to do stuff like a normal child so you kind of relate to her if you're reading as a, a child and you kind, when you're reading as an adult you kind of feel like I bet this would be me if I was in that situation
0: books it's time for we love reviews and today 12 year old Sive has been very busy reading for us she read the boy with a butterfly mind by victoria williamson and it's a story about two children jamie who has adhd and just wants to learn to calm his mind and ellen who wants to be perfect to try and bring her family back
3: together my name is Sive Murphy, I'm 12 years old, and this is a book review on The Boy With The Butterfly Mind by Victoria Williamson. Jamie is a young boy, and all he wants is to be normal, but his ADHD makes him constantly have a butterfly feeling in his head. His parents are divorced, and he's living with his mother. Then his mother goes on holiday with her new boyfriend, and he goes to live with his father and his new girlfriend. And Ellen, who is the daughter of Jamie's father's girlfriend, uh, wants to be perfect because she thinks that if she is perfect enough, her father will come back to her. And then when Jamie goes to stay with his father, chaos and order collide because Ellen doesn't like Jamie because he's in trouble all the time and she believes that if Jamie and his father weren't there, her father would return. I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was really good. It's very moving because you see things through Jamie's perspective and then you see them through Ellen's perspective and they both have a very different perspective and outlook on life. I would recommend this book for ages between 10 and 12. It's a very good story about learning to be yourself.
0: Now on We Love Books, it's time for our interview with a featured author. And chatting to us today is Holly Rivers. Holly is unique in many ways, but one way is that she has actually lived inside a book As a child, she was an actress in the original Worst Witch series and she's going to tell us what it was like on set. She then wrote her very own book, Demelza and the Spectre Detectors, about Demelza, who loves science and inventing and then finds out that she has inherited a most
4: unique skill. My name is Holly Rivers and my first book is a middle-grade mystery adventure called Demelza and the Spectre Detectors. And it's about a young inventor called Demelza, who spends a lot of time in her attic bedroom creating weird and wonderful inventions. But one night she discovers that she's a specter detector, someone that can summon the spirits of the dead.
0: Wow. (laughs) I have to tell you that one of my favorite things in the world is ghosts. I just love ghosts.
4: (laughs) I was a scaredy cat as a child. Me too. Um, Ghosts were, yeah, something that that petrified me as a child. But as I got a bit older, yeah, I've become more and more fascinated with things that are a bit spooky and twisted and gothic and macabre. I was,
0: yeah, same as you. I was always really scared but really yeah. fascinated. So did you intend to write about ghosts or did that just happen after you got into the character of Demelza?
4: Yeah, so Demelza definitely came first. She sort of arrived in my brain fully formed one day complete in her lab coat and her thinking cap um and so she was definitely the sort of starting point and I've always been fascinated with weird inventions and machines like I really love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang
0: as a child
4: also quite scary Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) with the legendary child catcher. Yes, but I loved the um, character of uh, the father, Caractacus Potts, and all his madcap inventions. So having a a young female inventor as a protagonist kind of came first. But then I thought it would be really interesting to see how a, a logical character like that might react to, to finding themselves in a more supernatural environment. So you've got that element of science versus spectres, I guess, and I thought that would be quite an interesting juxtaposition to write about.
0: It's very cool. And I'm always so interested when writers say, the character popped into my head fully formed. Did you intend to write or did she, she just arrive and then you had to write because she was there?
4: Well, yeah, because I've never, even though I've been a, I guess I've been a storyteller all my life in various guises, like I've done acting and I've done some filmmaking and I, I teach drama to children as well. So storytelling has always been a really big part of my life, but I'd never actually written anything. I'd never written any fiction and I hadn't, hadn't really ever planned to. Wow. But yeah, when, when Demelda arrived, I couldn't help but yeah, sit down and just start. Penning her her story, really, and she just kind of gradually took over and and hasn't left me alone since. And I've I've pretty much written every day since that. I think I'm 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 hooked.
0: Is it a discipline for you, or is it just something that you love to do every day?
4: Yeah, it's definitely that the joy is st- is still there massively. Obviously, when I first started writing, I was doing it more of a, a hobby and just an exploration, really. But the more and more I wrote I guess I, I just realized how much joy writing stories um, kind of brought to my to my life and so even though now I'm doing it professionally I still really really look forward to sitting down and writing every day and it's even though I'm quite a sociable person just the idea of sitting down by myself allowing myself to go into my own little imaginary universe is just a, a lovely thing and a lovely thing to do for a job as well.
0: It's an amazing job. Yeah.
4: It's it's just lovely. I can't quite believe my believe my luck, really. It's it's just yeah, just a lovely thing to, to be able to do every day. And you
0: seem to have quite a unique way of writing on iPads and there are scrapbooks, I believe.
4: Yeah. I guess I'm quite a visual person. So I like making, yeah, scrapbooks and mood boards, um, And so anything that I I find that I think might be inspiring for the book, I cut out and glue it down in a really sort of messy way. So I've just got pages and pages of newspaper cuttings and photographs and, oh, it could be anything, a bit of old wallpaper or a button that I found that I think kind of adds to to the mood of the book. So yeah, I definitely have those around me when I'm writing to kind of inspire the mood and the tone of the book. And then in terms of the actual writing, yeah, I do, I do it everywhere. I've written it all on an iPad with a tiny little keyboard, which is I nice because it just means I can just have that in my rucksack and if I get a spare 10, 20 minutes, I can just, yeah, open the iPad and start writing. So yeah, I literally do it everywhere, in libraries, on the bus, but I think that's the, the joy of writing is that you can really, really do it, do it anywhere.
0: I think that's amazing for kids to hear who might not necessarily love to sit down and write that you can bring it into your life and you can make an artwork out of it and then the writing can exactly. come out of that. That's so cool.
4: Exactly. It doesn't it yeah. It doesn't mean that you yeah, you don't have to be chained to a to a desk, you yes. know. It doesn't have to be to be a chore and you don't have to sit down for hours and hours and do it. I you know, I've spoken to lots of different writers and the way we write is it, it's so, so different. Some people like doing it for hours at a time. Other people like grabbing 20 minutes here and there. Some people can only write in a specific place. Others can only write where it's completely silent. Others can only write where there's lots of noise and people around. So it's such a a personal thing. So you just need to figure out what works for you, really.
0: And on that note, do you have a top writing tip for kids out there who would just love to write the next Demelza book?
4: (sighs) I think, and it's probably been said before lots and lots of times, so it might not be anything new, but it's the most important thing for me, and that's to to read, Mm. to read lots, to be a good writer. I think you need to be um, a reader, so read lots of other things and not necessarily um, things in the genre that you're writing, but anything. So it could be books, it could be comics, it could be graphic novels, it could be recipes, it could be newspapers, blogs, just to read and to, um, to yeah learn new words and to read other people's stories. And that way you can see the kind of stories that you like, but also the kind of stories that you, you don't like. So I just say, yeah, read as, as much as you can.
0: And speaking of reading, do you have a favourite book from childhood that you just absolutely loved?
4: Oh, I... I was read to a lot as a, as a child. We had lots of books in the house. So I have really, really fond memories of my mum reading um, a book called Burglar Bill by Janet and Alan Alberg. I don't Ooh. know if you know that one. No,
0: never heard of it. I'll have to look it up.
4: It's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a picture book with words. And my mum just did the most brilliant, brilliant voices. And she just brought this story to life. Um, and so that's a really, really fond memory from when I was when I was really young. Um, but as I got a bit older, I just love Pippi Longstocking. Yes. Um, and <laughs> even as an adult now, I'm obsessed and I'm sure you can probably see some similarities. Yes. between Pippi and, <laughs> and Demelda. No shame in yes. saying that. Yeah. Massively, massively inspired by um, Astrid's world um, and Pippi's life. And I think, you know, back then she was quite a controversial character. You know, she's quite anarchic and naughty and mischievous and very headstrong and quick thinking. Um, so at the time, I think she was probably quite a controversial figure. And I But I think that's why she's aged so well as a character, because that she has so much determination and, and grit and, and fun.
0: I chat I to kids all the time and they still love her. They still say Pippi Longstocking is one of their favorite characters ever
4: so unique you know a wonderful character for it to be read by both boys and and girls I think and you know anyone that can pick up a polka dot horse like where did that come <laughs> from like just that sense of imagination yeah brilliant
0: well one of my favorite books as a kid or one of my favorite series of books was The Worst Witch I've oh, never heard of it really <laughs> <laughs> I believe you have I believe you have a bit of a connection I believe you actually attended the Academy, the I Cackle's did. Academy.
4: I, I spent, yeah, my, quite, quite a few of my teenage years were spent at Cackle's Academy, at least a set that was made to look like Cackle's Academy. Yeah, I played, um, I played the role of Drusilla Paddock, who was um, one of the, the school bullies in the uh, CITV adaptation of Jill Murphy's The Worst Witch. There's living the dream. The original dream. one, the '90s one. I'm I'm that old. You're so old. Because there, yeah, there's been a, a new adaptation as well recently, which is also really really brilliant. But yeah, I was in the ri- the original one.
0: What was it like to be a witch? Oh,
4: it was it was it was brilliant. Like there were, I think probably ten core um, young actresses who made up the the kind of classroom. And so to spend, yeah, your three months of every year filming with amazing teenage girls was just brilliant. We we had a ball. I'm not going to lie, we were we were pretty mischievous, <laughs> um, as you can imagine, <laughs> um, slightly precocious perhaps as well. Um, but it was just magical in you know in every possible sense of of the word, and to have that kind of freedom and independence at that age we filmed in london but also in montreal in canada wow so it just felt like a really really big adventure and to be spending your days casting spells and working with an amazing menagerie of animals Um, we did lots of uh, blue screen obviously flying on the broomsticks there were quite a lot of special effects so it was just a really, really magical experience.
0: Well, Holly is a fantastic Welsh speaker, and I just had to get her to give us a few words.
4: So in Welsh, we love books, is Denine Cari Sèvre. Wonderful.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> um, can you say, give us one of your favourite phrases to say in Welsh?
4: Um, oh, I think, um, uh, hoffy coffee, This is a nice one, <laughs> which is I like coffee, dween hoffy coffee. And there's um, another really, really nice Welsh word called hwyrly gugan. Kind of like one of those like twirly uh, rainbow things that goes round and round. Hwyrly gugan.
0: Well, we weren't done with Holly just yet. While we had her in our clutches, we subjected her to the gruelling, the life-changing, we love books favourites round. Let's see how she got on. Holly Rivers, are you ready for the We Love Books favorite round? I am ready. Good. I think that you I think that you are. I actually really believe you. What is your favorite animal? A sloth. Why? They're
4: just the fingers and the strange faces and the, the slowness. They're such a, a strange, sort of eccentric creature, and I just love to kind of hang out with them upside down. <laughs>
0: What's your favourite food?
4: Oh, um, it's a battle between traditional roast dinner with loads of gravy and all the trimmings and massive amounts of roast potatoes or some really good sushi with loads of hot, hot wasabi.
0: Oh, you go hot with the wasabi? Super hot. Wow.
4: Eye-meltingly hot. Wow.
0: Okay, we really are learning a lot about you. What (laughs) is your favourite pizza topping?
4: Oh, um, well, my partner is Italian, so we eat a lot of pizza. So I think I'd probably go something quite simple, like some some really nice parma ham.
0: What is your favourite season of the year?
4: Oh, autumn, autumn, and all of the lovely golden leaves, Halloween, pumpkins, cosy woolen scarves. Do you have a favourite hobby? Apart from writing, I love to play a little bit of ukulele. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, I've, I've taught myself, and the, the great thing about ukulele is you can play most songs just on three or four chords. Do you have a favourite colour? Well, I like all the colours. I'm a really, really colourful dresser. Like You'll never, ever see me in black or grey or beige. Um, <laughs> I wear a lot of clashing colours, a lot of different patterns, all in the same outfit. So I'm going to say all of the colours.
0: What was your favourite present you ever got from Santa?
4: Oh, I think that was probably somewhere in the late 80s, and we got an original Game Boy. Oh, yes. One of the old grey bricks. Yes. (laughs) With Tetris and Super Mario, just one between me and my brother, and we absolutely loved it. What is your favourite country to visit? Mexico! Mexico, Mexico. I love the place. I've been three times, and it's definitely one of the most wonderful places on Earth.
0: Who is your favourite kids' writer?
4: Oh, really, really hard. I read so much. I try and read um, a new children's book every every week. But I think I'd probably say Catherine Rundle.
0: And finally, what is your favourite type of weather? Favourite
4: type of weather? Um... Oh, even though I said autumn earlier, and I do love a really nice crisp autumn day, I do, I do like the heat. I love, I love being in the sea, so a nice hot day where I can go swimming in the sea would be preferable.
0: love books it's time to meet our cbi book doctor Anne. she has the very best reading prescriptions for our listeners and today freya is going to tell Anne all about her reading likes and dislikes so that Anne can recommend some excellent reading material for her
2: my name is freya and i'm nine years old my favorite books are tom gates dork diaries rodel They have adventures and I like the drama in it. Um, I describe it as funny, weird, dumb, and adventurous. Adventurous, yeah. A book that I don't like is... Howard Henry, because it's way too easy. My favourite villain is... Somebody from a book in Descendants, her name is Mal because she does very like weird things and she's not supposed to do. My hobby is gymnastics, swimming, tennis, basketball, hockey and sometimes cricket. So Doc, what should
3: I read?
5: Hello Freya. Adventure, drama, fun and villains? Great ingredients for a book. Many books use familiar fairy tales as a jumping off point and then bring us on a whole new journey. You've already found a good example and here are two others. The Frog Kisser by Garth Nix. The often hilarious adventure of Princess Anya who doesn't sit around waiting to be rescued but sets out on a quest to save her kingdom from the evil sorcerer. It's imaginative and witty and perfect for all lovers of fairy tales with a twist. And just out, Guardians of Magic the first in a new fantasy trilogy written and illustrated by the super talented Chris Riddell. If you are not familiar with Riddell's illustrations, radio is not the best way to show you, but seek out his books and you'll see why they're so popular. If you're looking for an anti-hero, look no further than the Artemis Fowl series by Owen Colfer about a smart-talking 12-year-old criminal mastermind and what happens when he kidnaps Captain Holly Short of LEP, the Fairy Police Force. The stories are very funny and told at a rattling pace with lots of inventive ideas. Owen Colfer has recently added The Foul Twins, the first in a spin-off series about Miles and Beckett, the younger twin brothers of Artemis. It's too good a series to end. When you're in the mood for a bit of Roald Dahl-type humour and strangeness, look for books by Philip Arda, like the Eddie Dickens trilogy or try the Mr Gum series by Andy Stanton starting with you're a bad man Mr Gum. Mr Gum is a grumpy old man who hates children, animals and all types of fun. Luckily there's a full cast of other characters including a fairy living in his bathtub who tries to keep him in line by whacking him over the head with a frying pan. For adventure and drama, I loved Begone the Raggedy Witches by Céline Kiernan. It's a magical wild adventure with a brave heroine called Mupp at its heart. Another good one is Nevermore, The Trials of Morrigan Crow by Jessica Townsend, a series that has been described as a cross between Harry Potter, Roald Dahl and the Chronicles of Narnia. Morrigan Crow was born on the unluckiest day of the year and is destined to die on her 11th birthday. But there may be a reprieve if she can complete four impossible trials. Hold on tight, it's a whirlwind of a book. And finally, a story of slightly off-the-wall weirdness can be found in A Place Called Perfect by Helena Duggan. Violet moves with her family to a town called Perfect. But all is not what it seems. First, Violet's father disappears and her mother starts behaving oddly. And what's with the strange glasses everyone in the town has to wear? Soon, you will be agreeing with Violet that perfect is anything but.
0: Thanks, Book Doctor Anne. Tons of great reading recommendations there to get excited about. I always get so excited listening to Anne talk about books because I think, oh, I loved that when I read it. Oh, I must try that one. I get very excited. So you need to kind of rewind, get a pen and paper and take down the recommendations because Anne knows the very best of the best. She knows exactly what's right for what kid and I'm dying to get my hands on some of those books. Well, now on We Love Books, it's over to you. A story written by you. And this story was written by 10-year-old Lila. It's about Nibbles the cat, and it's called Nibbles Adventure. It's part two of the story, and we heard part one in episode 16, in which Nibbles was on the run from a nasty gang of moggies who had just moved into the neighbourhood, and everyone got off on the wrong paw.
1: chasing me i tried to run back home but they blocked me i only had one choice i headed for the forest yes i know that was a bad idea but it was my only option the blue cat and the black cat stopped in their tracks looked at me with the final look of disgust turned and ran away i decided to stay there for the night in case the snobs came back i mean how hard can it be after wandering around for hours and thinking of my warm bed, Tuna and Ollie, I fell onto a hollow log and fell asleep inside. Next morning, I woke up. Someone was calling me. I opened my eyes, expecting to see Ollie, and saw a scruffy tabby cat with bald patches and leaves in its fur. It said, Hey, who are you? This wasn't my house. Then I remembered being chased away from home by the snobs, I'm lost, I said. I'm Nibbles. I got chased away by two cats in the forest. Well, I can help you, said the ruffy, tufty cat. I know someone who knows the way back to the humans. Don't you know, I asked. The scruffy cat laughed. Where's your owner, I asked. I don't have one. I was shocked. But I thought all cats had her owners. I gulped. I did not want to end up in this forest, just like the scruffy cat. She said, My name's Peggy. I'll tell you the way to my friend. She'll tell you how to get home. But for now, you can stay and have breakfast with me. Nibbles thought, Mmm, I'm starving. Then Peggy came back and put a mouse on the ground. Nibbles took one look at it and fainted. When Nibbles finally came round, Peggy was looking at her with a look of shock on her face. Why'd you do that for? Why'd you faint? Nibbles said, uh, sorry, I'm allergic to mice. There is that tuna thing humans eat. Nibbles pricked her ears up. Tuna, she said? Yeah, some two two people down the road get it every day on Mondays. Nibbles pricked up her ears. That was the day Ollie got bought the tuna. Yeah, but you don't want that sort of stuff. No, 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 describe the humans. So Peggy went on describing the human. Nibbles couldn't believe it. It sounded exactly like Ollie. Nibbles raced, hopefully, to the shop and then ran behind the shop where Peggy said to go. She looked around. No Ollie, no Ollie's mom. Nibbles felt very upset, all that way for nothing. Then she smelt a familiar smell. She went over to a box and in the box was cans of tuna. Now, Nibbles is a clever cat. She learned how to open tuna cans from all those years when Ollie forgot to feed her. She went in and said, ''I'll just take one can.'' Before long, Nibbles had eaten the whole box and was sound asleep. Nibbles woke up again and went, Where am I? The box was moving. Did the box have legs? She opened the lid of a box to find out that she was in a car. The car unloaded her. Nibbles quickly put her head back in the box. She felt frightened and worried. Where was she going? It put it on the door. Just then, she heard a familiar voice. Thank you very much for the tuna. That sounded like... (gasps) Ollie! Nibbles jumped out of the box and jumped into Ollie's arms. Nibbles! Ollie and Nibbles were delighted to be reunited, and they celebrated with a can of tuna. And you know what? The snobs never, ever came back to Nibbles. Because if they tried, Peggy the Wildcat would sort them out. The end.
0: Well, I'm Neve McManus and that's it from me here on We Love Books. A big thanks to all the kids who read, wrote and reviewed for us and to all the adults who made that possible. Huge thanks to our fantastic book doctor, Anne. Children's Books Ireland are the most wonderful organisation and they run these book clinics which prescribe the perfect book for kids to read based on their likes and dislikes and we are very lucky to be able to feature Anne on our podcast. Children's Books Ireland do a ton of other great things so you should check them out for all things kids book related our email is welovebooks at rte.ie I'll be back next week with another jam-packed episode, until then happy reading